This episode of Irish Mike's Podcast is brought to you by Lake Joy Farmstead, our little farm outside of Seattle, Washington. On lakejoyfarmstead.com, you'll find information about our upcoming classes that we're hosting, as well as information on pork and beef shares for, available for purchase. I'm excited to have Dave Selden of 33 Books on this particular episode. 33 Books is a company Dave founded in Portland, Oregon several years ago, a pocket journal company designed to capture tasting notes of things that we like to eat and drink. I bought my first one a few years ago. I began to catalog 33 beers, 33 different beers in the Pacific Northwest that I tried and tasted and enjoy taking notes on and things that I'd like to come back to. Since then, he's expanded to many other products all along the same general lines of things that we like to eat and drink. The new product that's coming out is uh, 33 Aqua V, that famous Scandinavian uh, liquor beverage that I think you'll find really, really fun, and you'll have an ability to buy that at the very end of this podcast. Well, Dave Selden, welcome to the show. Thanks very much for having me. This is really cool. Yeah. Have you, uh, have you done uh, a podcast interview before or anything like it? You know, I was just talking to somebody about this. I think this is maybe like the second or third time I have done this. Uh, so the other two were abject failures and the podcast went offline almost immediately afterwards. So um, hopefully I'm not the black cloud. No, I'm just kidding. They're all, they're all great. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm having a blast with it. I've done, um, I don't know, this will be the 10th or 11th. I've tried to do one every couple of weeks. Uh, but it's more for uh, to capture stories, capture creators um, of products and things that, and, and even concepts and philosophies and work that I like. Um, try to capture the story, you know, being Irish Mike, as they call me, um, you know, we're, we're, we try to be good storytellers, at least I do. Um, and it's, this is a fun medium to do it. Um, I've been writing for a long time and uh, capturing somebody that's got a great big personality like you, at least I've discovered through um, your marketing efforts, I think would be a lot of fun. Well, thanks. That's, that's nice of you to say so. Yeah. Well, I've been a fan of 33 books for several years. Uh, I can't remember exactly where I bought my first one, but I think it was at a chocolate shop in Seattle. Um, I live just outside of Seattle. And I remember, um, I believe it was 33 pieces of chocolate, or maybe it was 33 pieces of cheese, or it was one of those two, or maybe both at the same time. And I just thought it was fantastic. And um, because I think like that, I think like tasting notes and uh, your wheel, which we'll get into um, here in a few minutes, uh, I thought was a perfect way to compare, um, you know, different flavors of whatever product that is that we were tasting. And since then, um, it appears that you've expanded the line into all kinds of books and other things. And we'll get into that as well. But before we dive, uh, just know that I'm a big fan. Um, and I think cool. that what you're doing is really, really unique. And I kind of want to hear about it. Is that cool? Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, I'm here for that. Okay. Well, so tell me about the genesis of 33 books. Uh, where, how, what were you thinking? And then what were you doing before that kind of led you on this journey? Yeah. So, um, great question. Good place to start. I, uh, I have been a graphic designer as long as I can remember. Um, I started in high school. Uh, I had never even really used a computer before. That's how long ago it was. Um, and I got thrown onto the school newspaper and watched, I don't know, something like 40 hours of VHS tapes on Adobe Photoshop. And that's how a graphic designer is born apparently. Um, 
But anyway, that kind of turned into a career. So I worked in advertising for uh, a bunch of years, um, especially web web type stuff as that was kind of just coming about and they needed young young people that would work a lot of hours. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's that's how I got my skill set, I guess I'll say. But um, I've always been kind of a dabbler and interested in lots of different things, um, which I think kind of comes out in my products. Uh, I keep expanding my party joke is that I'm a drinker with a design problem. Um, <laughs> but but the, I as kind of a hobby, I don't know, I was uh, writing about beer. I had a blog like way back in the day when people still did that. And um, it was about the beers I was trying in Portland and Portland is known for beers and um, there's a lot of them around. And so in trying them, I, I wanted a way to kind of remember them uh, and beer having like a little bit of a memory erasing quality to it. Uh, needed some more permanent thing than, than just my own memory. So designer drinking kind of came together as uh, 33 beers, which is my first little pocket notebook for taking notes on tasting beer. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think I like announced it on the blog or something. This was like in 2009 and it was right around Christmas. And so, you know, it sold like hotcakes. The first batch was gone within a month. Um, and of course, like as soon as everybody saw them, they were like, oh, you know, you should do one for wine and uh, you should do one for cheese and you should do one for. And, you know, what started is just like a dumb little, you know, memento thing for me uh, became like <laughs> my, my full time job after a few years. So, um, yeah, that's awesome. Well, so, uh, yeah, I, I think it was 33 beers. I think I said chocolate earlier is my first one, but it definitely was beer. Um and, uh, and I still can't remember exactly where I bought it in Seattle, but uh, you made it up uh, I-5 there uh, several years ago. Um, and I didn't bring, I should have brought an example and showed it uh, on, the, on the camera um, of some of the old journals that I had kept um, uh, from, from your company, 33 Books. Uh, but how did you come up with the wheel? I mean, if you're, if you're just a, sort of started out as a beer drinker and you're probably picking up notes and, and you mentioned, you know, Portland being a, a haven for great beer, um, true. Um, there's going to be a lot of subtle, um, tastes and, and different things, uh, involved in, in all of that craft, uh, product. Uh, how did the wheel itself come about? Yeah. Um, I think I saw something similar. Um, it, it has become like more popular. I'm going to say, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to take credit for it, but like as a device to reflect flavor, um, in the last, you know, five, five years or something like that. So you'll see them around and different industries have developed their own. Um, but it, it tended, especially historically to be more of a like quality control device. So people that worked in, uh, think about like food plants, not like breweries necessarily, but places where the consistency of a particular recipe was really important. So those kinds of industrial manufacturers often had some kind of internal QA department that would use a wheel or bar graphs or something like that. So that like the, the flavor profile of Reese's peanut butter cups was always exactly the same, whether you made it on Friday, January 1st, or if you made it on Tuesday, September 2nd. And, um, you know, that's tricky to do like, from a manufacturing perspective. So that's why there's a lot of process to it. My little twist on it is, um, a lot of people I think are intimidated by uh, taking or talking about flavor. It's not, you know, we're used to talking about things that are visual and we can say, oh yeah, things blue or it looks ugly or whatever. But when you talk about flavor, it's like, well, what, do, what does somebody mean when they say it tastes like raspberries? Like, does the thing have raspberries in it? Like, um, and 
and my little twist on it was like, you know, if we could come up with, if I could come up with a vocabulary that is pretty common, um, that covers, you know, most, most beers, um, it's nice to have something to react against. You don't have to come up with the words, oh, it tastes like cassis. You know, you can say, oh yeah, I do get a little like dark fruit out of that. Like, um, and you can kind of make it your own and have something to react against. Um, so that's, that's, I think make what makes it better than just like a blank notebook. Um, and it has the added benefit of making it a little bit quicker because you can just kind of think, 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 zip around the wheel and, uh, at least get a pretty good start on something. And then maybe it'll prompt you to come up with your own vocabulary that you elaborate on, say tropical fruit. And you call it, Oh, it tastes like a uh, mango, just, just right from the warm, from the sunshine and uh, in Tahiti, you know? Sure. No, that's great. But then you, you came up with many other books since beer and beer was something that you like to drink. Um, assuming you're either interested in everything that you've written a book about, or you had to learn some other th ways to describe it because you're not using the same tasting notes from beer to cigars, for example. Uh, there might be some duplicate, uh, but not certainly all of them. Uh, how did you sort of, um, I don't know, challenge yourself or research your way into developing, um, you know, the wheel that matches, you know, something else? For example, I use cigars as the example because that's the one I've been using the most lately. Um, I've been trying different cigars. We have a little farm where we live and got a nice cool, um, you know, porch that I can smoke from and look over my pasture and all that fun stuff. And so it's fun to pull out the journal I got from you and, you know, try out new stuff and then come back to it and, and all of that. So how did you kind of educate yourself on the other, um, the other products or ideas that you came up with? Yeah. Um, it's kind of a twofer. Um, the, the shortest answer is like, at least initially, I just kind of did journals about things that I was personally interested in. So like, sure. uh, I'm not as versed in wine today as I was maybe, maybe 10 years ago. I just don't drink it as much anymore for whatever reason, but, um, uh, I knew something about wine. And so that was like a pretty easy place to start. And then similarly with cheese and coffee and so on, like I've always enjoyed those things. Um, and cigars too, you know, I started smoking cigars in high school. Um, just, you know, as you do with your buddies on the front porch and eventually got better and better at it. Um, <laughs> Swisher uh, sweets. Yeah. I don't think we, I don't know. I'm sure I've had a Swisher sweet once <laughs> or twice, but uh, I'm trying to think of what they were. They were, um, they had like uh, famous old Pennsylvanians on it, like uh, Quaker looking guys. Um, trying to remember what that one was called. That's the one I remember when I was young. Um, anyway, the, uh, uh, longer answer is that like living in Portland and, and in the Northwest, like, um, especially the longer I've been doing this, I have friends who are like experts and maybe like world worldwide experts in pretty much all of these things. Um, so the, my most recent book, for example, is, um, a book about Aquavit and that was not something I had any experience with at all. Um, so I did have to learn quite a bit to be a good collaborator, but, um, I happen to know uh, a guy here in Portland, Jacob Greer, who is like, you know, internationally famous for starting Aquavit Week, which is like the Aquavit World's like, you know, Oscars or <laughs> what have you. Um, and I'm sure, you know, you probably never even heard of that, but like within the Aquavit World, he's like a big deal, you know. And, he's a celebrity. Um, sure. Yeah. And he's a great guy. Um, and so I, we collaborated on this book and um, it actually ended up turning into four books, um, but that's a little bit of a different uh, aside here, but um yeah. Um, well, and, and so, you just can't, you just released that like in, right. The Aquavit yeah, one. Yeah. About, about a week ago. Um, yeah. 
That's what I thought. So we did four different covers. The insides are the same, but each cover is like um, for one of the Scandinavian countries that uh, produces aquavit. Um, Iceland, Denmark, Sweden, and Norway. Um, so and it, it's so it's so funny the timing on that because uh, my mother-in-law just moved in with us. Uh, and she is essentially half Norwegian, um, half uh, Scottish, you know, UK. Uh, last name is Sorensen. And uh, she told a story literally a week ago or less about, uh, I think it was her mother or grandmother, I can't remember which, um, who was just a, that she's, you know, Aquavit was the thing. Um, she has a place um, up in the mountains in Norway. Uh, I can't remember, outside. I don't know my geography of the country very well but you literally have to walk eight miles in just to get to the cabin. So she'll carry a backpack or whatever of whatever she needs for the few days, but there's always a bottle of Aquavit in it. And uh, that <laughs> kind of keeps her, uh, keeps her, you know, in the cabin all the time. But anyway, well, you know, the, the nights are long uh, when you get that far North. Uh, <laughs> well, now I know what um, to get her for her stocking stuffers and she'll be spending Christmas uh, at our house. That's exciting. Okay, so you, kind of, you, that's kind of what you touched on. I'm, I'm just going to, because yeah, I do get a little nerdy about this, what's really funny about that story that you told me is that's kind of the interesting thing about Aquavit is peop, a lot of people, especially that have some Scandinavian heritage, as, as you or your um, wife does, um, if they think of Aquavit at all, it's that's something my grandfather, or my grandmother drinks. Um, and uh, in America, ironically, it's becoming kind of a cool kid cocktail ingredient because it is like this really creative kind of like fresh tasting spirit. Um, but in Scandinavia, it's like, you know, the least cool thing you can possibly drink. It's for, something that only old people for, consume. Yeah, and, yeah um, for, the, for the old folks only, yeah. <laughs> yeah. kind, of, kind of a joint lubricant I guess. oh i'm, I'm looking sure. forward to uh to hearing more about <laughs> it looking into that on the books okay so um kind of wrapping a ribbon around that part you uh, as you pursue a topic or somebody comes to you and says hey you should write one about x y or z um you kind of go deep get nerdy interview maybe do some research and develop uh sort of some of the consistent tasting notes or palette things and that sort of thing as you design the book is that is that right Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, my wife still refers to the summer I was working on 33 champagnes as the best summer ever. Cause we were just <laughs> drinking sparkling wine all summer. <laughs> you know, you like... got to taste it and you got to test it and you got to understand it. So what better way than to dive right in? I love it. I love it. Is, is there anything significant about the number 33 or is that just kind of, that's the first 33 beers and you just went with it? Well, uh, I'm not a Mason and I don't, um, <laughs> I'm not any, any, any secret societies, although of course I wouldn't tell you even if I was, um, right. <laughs> but the, no, the origin of it is like a funny little, I think people make a lot of funny decisions when they're starting something. Cause they don't think they're really starting anything. And this is one of those. So I was not planning on building an empire of little tasting notebooks. When I started, I was just trying to sell the little beer notebooks and they have 32 pages. And then I cannibalized the inside back cover of them. And that makes your 33rd page. And then when you bundle three books together, put a rubber band around them. Now you have enough to sell and taste 99 bottles of beer on the wall, 99 bottles of beer, take one down, pass it around. And I get a I didn't lot, even connect of, it. lot of blank stares when I start singing that song. Um, Cause that song is something that only Americans and English 
people um, know. If you if English is not your first language, you're like, what is this gray-haired guy singing to me about? <laughs> <laughs> I don't really understand what's happening right now. So anyway, uh, but it, it's it's kind of a fun little detail, and it just sort of stuck. So well, and I we and are. I think that's what makes you know your products. I think fun is the right word. I think I put in one of the initial questions. You know, um, you know, is it you know is it designed for whimsy? Is it for the hobbyist? Is it is it literally just, you know, hey, I created it. I'm going to try to sell it because I think that whole thing is, you know, geekery or nerdery or, or whatever. Or, or really, is it for this at this point with the, the very large expansion of product line that you have, uh, you know, for the serious drinker, smoker, collector? I mean, where, where do you think it, uh, 33 books and um, all the rest of the product sort of falls in, you know, that discussion? Yeah. Or where I mean, do you hope um, for it, too? Maybe. Yeah. I, I always say that I'm kind of trying to design for that fat middle, um, which is, but, it, but I hear all the time that people who are, I'm just, just starting to get into cigars, let's say, and this has been really useful to me because I don't know what I'm experiencing when I taste a cigar. Um, and so it's been useful to me to have something to react against that vocabulary that we were talking about. But on the flip side, I also hear from people that are like lifelong scotch drinkers, for example, and they're like, Oh my God, I wish I wished I had one of these things 40 years ago. And um, I can't believe um, how perfect this is for what I do. And I keep one in my pocket at the little pub or restaurant that I own. And I that's what I use to talk to customers about things because I can't remember, you know, what is the uh, fit barrel finish on this particular bottle of scotch that is dusty and lying in the corner. It's just, it's a, it, it works kind of at both ends of the spectrum, I think, and hopefully everywhere in between. Um, so I love that. Um, I, I, uh, have a little group that gets together pretty regularly. We call it book club. It's just so we can tell our spouse we're, you know, moving the needle a little bit, but really it's to drink something unique and to smoke cigars. Um, <laughs> and, uh, it's for guys only, uh, and it's kind of a, invite a friend who you think needs, you know, a couple hours to unwind, you know, where, you know, maybe they're too busy being a dad or a career or per- you know, whatever the reason is, it really doesn't matter. Uh, but just guys who need to be around other guys. Cause I found out that uh, we can yell at a screen for our favorite sports team pretty easily, but we we're losing our ability to connect sometimes. So this allows us to do that. And, and in that conversation, we might take bourbon as an example, and that would be the focus spirit. And the guys will buy something that they wouldn't normally buy and bring to the group because maybe our home bar has what we like or what we're used to or what we can afford and this allows us to kind of stretch ourselves a little bit and try new things. And I've actually pulled out your, uh, your books on whiskeys and different things and uh, been able to capture some of the notes. Uh, so for exactly like you mentioned, to go back to it and go, gosh, I wouldn't have normally bought that, but I tried it at this thing. I think I'll do, you know, that's, that's special. That was different. I found I really liked it and I don't remember why. And then you open up the book and you discover why, you know, that kind of thing. Totally. Well, and it can lead you down other little pathways too. You're like, well, bourbon is its own like labyrinth, but like, you know, maybe I didn't care for, you know, some particular quality of this bourbon I like, but I wonder what their other bourbons taste like, or I wonder what other, you know, 12 year old bourbons might taste like, or not that you can find very many of those anymore, but um, sure. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's, I, I, I'm right there with you. That's, that's what I find fun about it too. That's cool. Uh, where does your product fit in, a, in the retail space? I think I've seen it myself just in my life and, you know, little shops, you know, fun stores. Uh, and uh, I think I've even seen it in, in some of the niche uh, grocery stores and things like that, you know, and their specialty items. Um, where do you think it fits and, and where do you want it to fit? 
Or does yeah, it matter? I mean, all of those things I think are great. I think it, it ends up being a little bit different um, for each of those places. But that's one of the things I think is um, really fun about it is that they do end up in, um, you know, I'm the only book in a coffee shop usually, and I'm the only book in a brewery usually. And wine bar wines wine bars or wine restaurants or wineries carry the book and um oftentimes i'm the only one there and i think that's a, a neat thing from a business perspective but i also think it's really cool um that i mean it validates what i i'm trying to do too i think when you have industry people that think it's important enough to put it out and you know nobody comes to a brewery or a winery or a coffee shop looking for this book so they have to, it's something that baristas and bartenders are the ones that usually sell. Um, and I think that's really cool. It, it's flattering to me. Um, but then, yeah, absolutely. It ends up in a lot of bookstores and um, kind of like gifty stores and stuff like that. But um, I try and make it, even if it is, you know, in a gifty store where maybe like your father-in-law is buying it for you or something like that. And he doesn't know if you'll use it or not. I, if he gives it to you, I want it to be good enough that you're going to be excited about it and um that's that's kind of what i bring to it uh and it may be that you know he's your father-in-law doesn't know that you don't really like whiskey at all you just like getting drunk and you're gonna like put this thing <laughs> on the bedside table and um, forget about it at least i want it to be a high quality item that uh, maybe someday he'll pick up and think oh god i never thought about that before you know yeah so. well and, and you mentioned high quality that's actually where i was going next i mean and it, and you sharing the story of you being a, a designer, you know, sort of by trade or by schooling or whatever. Um, I mean, they're just really excellently designed. Uh, Thanks. The the product itself, the the, the paper, and I know you have some um, sort of eco uh, friendly view on it, and uh, but it's just really crisp and and um, and really excellent. Um, I've seen other journals of a variety of topics that look like, well, this is going to be here this year, but you'll never see it again because they didn't sell enough or it was just a, you know, somebody's idea that year. And then, you know, they didn't want to continue, but there's a, there's a staying power I feel to, to your design because it seems a little bit classic and timeless. Um, speak, speak to the design. Is there anything kind of behind it? Um, in addition to the 33 and all the other fun stuff you shared so far? Yeah, I mean, I, I thank you. That's really nice of you to say that. Um, I I do like I. It's really difficult sometimes. Like people um, look at it and they say, like, you know, I, I get this all the time, and it makes me laugh. I, I think they mean it in a good way. Is like, this is your full time job. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, well, yeah, it is. Like, it's not, you know, maybe the it's it's a niche thing. You know, it's like it's just me that that does this, and um, I don't have like a staff of you know, 75 people in here, like taken away in the back behind me. It's just me. Um, and so it's a small thing, but I also, um, it's, it's, uh, I take it seriously. And I, like I said, I, I, when I do develop a new book, it's not cause I'm like chasing, you know, ramen is the cool kid thing right now. Like, I don't just like whip out a ramen book that says ramen on the cover it just to take advantage of some perceived market that there is. Like I, I get really into it and I, I will, eat a lot of ramen, like an unhealthy level of ramen probably. And um, uh, I'll do research and I'll probably go to Japan. You know, like it's, I really put a lot into them for something that looks really simple when you pick it up. Um, it's it's difficult to distill something as complex as bourbon or champagne or whatever into a little three and a half by five 
piece of paper and have it still be useful. So um, thank you for noticing. That's cool. No, it's, it's excellent. And um, on that note, uh, in sort of jumping into something that uh, is probably more obvious uh, than, you know, than we'd like to admit, but, you know, we're in the digital space, right? We have uh, smartphones that have some version of, of your book in some way. Um, there's a cigar scanner app that allows you to take a picture and it's supposed to download, you know, all kinds of information about the cigar you bought and you can put a little, you know, you know, rating system on it and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I have some buddies who are cigar smokers that they swear by it. And so I downloaded it and I literally put the app next to, uh, the, your journal, the journal that I got from you, 33 cigars. And, uh, I keep looking at mine because I like the tactile, part of it. I like my terrible handwriting notes in it. Hey, it really does have a nice smoke to it, or the ash is nice, or, you know, stuff that's in a little place where you can add a little narrative to it that I feel like would be difficult in an app. But how, how do you, why are people buying your journals when all of it is essentially can be electronic as well? What is it about your paper and uh, recycled cardboard and things um, <laughs> that people are you know, still going for why, why, why are we doing this? I mean, I think, I think you hit the nail right on the head and I don't know if it's like an old man philosophy or not. not I'm not calling you old, but I got white hair. Um, <laughs> I, I think, you know, like you're sitting, well, when we sit in bars, which I have been doing occasionally lately, um, it's, uh, it's kind of antisocial when you whip out your phone, right. And you start tap tapping away and, um, it takes you out of the conversation where you can quickly, if you are in like, you know, sitting on the front porch with your buddies, having a stogie, like you can, you know, quickly jot a few notes down on a piece of paper and it doesn't interrupt the flow of you know ideas in the same way that I think a phone does because you know your phone as soon as you pull it out you see the seven alerts and your stocks are down and your kid you know is having a difficult time with bedtime and you got a text from your mom about you know it's just it takes you out of the moment in a way that I think like a, a focused experience like a notebook or something doesn't um and there is actually, actually, I'm not like into the science part of it, but th there is some science uh, to like, it helps you remember better if you write something down rather than just type it into your phone. Like it somehow cements it in your memory, just like the physical nature of writing. Um, supposedly I, it's not, I can't, I can't cite the source on that, but. Uh, no, I, I, I've, I've heard and read uh, enough of, of the same. And that I think it's why, like I'm, my primary career is in sales, basically them in finance. And so, you know, any goal that I've ever hit that I thought was uh, uh, far reaching or, or tough to get to, it's only because I wrote it down uh, because it's stuck and my subconscious was at work on it as well uh, without getting too deep on it. So I, I totally believe you. I believe that that is the answer to why your journals do well. Um, the excellence that I mentioned here a few minutes ago, but um, the tactile part of it, I think is, is really cool. We just need to get, remember to bring it in our, you know, into our pockets, you know, more right. often, <laughs> yeah, uh, and just like yeah, we totally. do take our cell phone with us. But um, yeah, I think that's fun. Um, what there's a, you've really blown up in a good way. The, the number of products that you have um, it's not just 33 books, journals on sort of, con, you know, items that you can consume any longer. Um, there are, you know, tasting, um, you know, flight, uh, uh, kind of processes. There's posters. I have, uh, I believe it's a gin poster that oh, awesome. I got from you. Um, I am building a, um, 
um, a little butcher shop in the on my property, and I'm actually ha- I'm saving uh, your the stuff that I got from you uh, that I bought from you to put up there because I feel like it it's kind of masculine, right, or whatever. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, it's just as cool, <laughs> and it's probably going to be a space that I'm in mostly, and really nobody else. Um, but it's fun because uh, I make some of my own bitters and things like that. So I like that history of it all. But tell me about a few of the products in the last couple of years um, that you've expanded that you maybe either expect uh, a little extra personal, um, a little bit more unique, um, fun, you know, whatever word you think uh, you want to use in addition to uh, the 33 books series. Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, I think my philosophy, and I, I think you hear this a lot from business owners, is like, I don't really have a philosophy. It's, I make things that I wish were in the world and um, hope that other people are also interested in them. Um, and that's kind of been how, I mean, that's how the books got started. That's how um, these flight decks uh, that you alluded to, um, that's how they came about. Like I, in COVID times, uh, have spent a lot of time on Zoom with other people that are really into whiskey or beer or what have you. And we're all doing our own little like tasting where we're all sharing the same spirit. Um, but you know, you got seven or eight little glass, tiny glasses in front of you and you can't remember like, which is the art bag and which is the, you know, uh, what, what have you. And so I made these little flight decks just to like organize my own flights that I was consuming. And, um, I, I mean, I do think it solves a common problem that, um, you know, you've been to a bar or a brewery or something and you like get a tasting flight and the, you say, okay, I'll have one of the IPA and the pale ale and the Kolsch and the, the Porter. And, you know, the, the server brings them down to you, sets down the little four glasses and walks away. And you're like, okay, well, that one's obviously the Porter, but what are these other three? I don't remember <laughs> what order they're in. You know? Totally. Uh, um, so hopefully, you know, it's a thing that people find uh, useful uh, other than just me. I think they will. Um but yeah, uh, I've got a bunch of crazy stuff in the cooker right now um, that is tangentially related to all of these things. I'm working on a new uh, cocktail poster, like the one you mentioned for gin, but yeah. um, this one is for mezcal, um, which is a agave-based drink from Mexico. Sure. It's like yeah. the, the older brother to tequila. Um, and what else am I working on? I got... Um, yeah, some cool stuff coming out probably next week in the Halloween kind of uh, space oh, cool. um, uh, related to cocktails. That's been on a cocktail kick over COVID. Um, I sent yeah. one of the cocktail books um, to a good buddy of mine who had just kind of gotten into um, uh, cocktails just after many, many years of just really not drinking and then starting to appreciate it because he got it to be around other guys that were doing it. And, uh, and he literally had said something like, I wish I could, you know, track it, you know, more, uh, cause I don't remember what I, you know, what I do. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I, I don't remember if I, li- I think I liked it, but I don't, you know, and I have, a, I don't have it in front of me, but, um, I, I have a, a little black book that I've had for, you know, probably 10 plus maybe 15 years that captures recipes across the board. I do the cooking in my home, you know, that I like, you know, ones that make the cut, you know, that I've sourced on the internet or somebody has given it to me and I'll, I'll try it a couple of times. And then if it's good enough, it ends up in the black book, kind of a deal. And it's kind of a joke, right? It's just one of those, um, moleskin when those got popular, you know, a while back, I just grabbed one and turned it into my own recipe book. And now my kids, and most of them are, are college age or, or above, you know, they're, they're almost saying they don't really care about anything else that I own, except for that book, dad, when you die, <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm getting your yeah. recipe book, so I don't have to, you know. But not like, everybody. I'm not planning on going anywhere, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, maybe. All right. You know, my mom had a little box, you know, recipe bar. You know, everybody's got something, right? Um, but cocktails are one that just you kind of forget uh, about, um, or that's why you always spend way too much money by going out and drinking them. When in reality, we could have a blast at home. Long story uh, there, but he says it. So, so for his birthday, I sent him one of them and he thought it was the coolest thing that he could uh, keep track of whatever cocktail he tried that somebody gave him a recipe of, and he knew that he could make his own notes and come back to it if he wanted. So, you know, you're, you're doing the heavy lifting, Dave. And I mean, the cool thing about that one, I, I think I obviously pretty biased, but the, um, you know, if you have, if you go and you have, let's just say like a, a corpse reviver in a, um, talking about that's a gin cocktail. Wow. Um, it's a uh, corpse reviver. Number two is the one I'm talking about. There's another corpse reviver with apple brandy and so on, but, um, I've had them both. when you have it at the bar, it's the server pulls down a bottle of gin and that may not be the gin that you have at home. And so if you have a record of what they used, you can try and recreate that at home, or you can use the basic recipe as a springboard. You can say, well, what if I did it with um, Aquavit instead of gin? Cause they're both based on a neutral spirit and kind of a spicy flavor profile. Like, and so I, that's what it kind of allows you to go in different directions and, you know, figure out what it is that you like or figure out what you don't like, which is sometimes even more useful. I love that. You know, one of the ones I put into, uh, the the cocktail book uh, recipe book 33 books that I have for myself um, came out of the um, do you know the uh, bar Canon in Seattle um, they uh, I have their cocktail book and I was flipping through it again the other night and uh, the Paloma super simple yeah three ingredients <laughs> right yeah super awesome but it was just like everything that I wanted and then we started just kind of like you had talked about something else playing around with the tequila you know you something make, a little did you different. make it with um uh grapefruit soda like haritos or did you use um gr fresh grapefruit juice uh grapefruit soda is the yeah the, uh, this week that's we the classic the, yeah totally the, the fever tree uh which i didn't even know uh made grapefruit soda i didn't I either asked. actually yeah that's yeah. amazing so you know they got the tonic and the soda water and whatever else ginger beer uh, but they've had this grapefruit soda. So we grabbed some. And then literally a few days ago, we were in Costco and they now sell it by the case. So somebody has been sucking down some grapefruit soda. I mean, it's um, like the perfect lately. summer drink is a, is a Paloma. Um, oh, and, so and actually mezcal works really good in there too. It adds like a little bit more depth to it. Um, I, I can't wait to try it. Soul, you know, it's like a mezcal is a little bit more of like a artisanal product, like where tequila can be, but it's kind right. of like, it's a little queer, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I know where you're going. Uh, yeah, one of my favorite tequilas lately is uh, George Strait, you know, the country music superstar. Yeah. <laughs> He's got that Codigo 1510 or whatever. I don't know if you've tried That's it. That's awesome. It's no, pretty good. It's, it? not, okay. it's not just lending a celebrity name. He's got a Reposado, a Blanco, a Rosa, and a couple other. And they're, it, it actually is really good. Yeah, I'm not just trying to, I got, I don't get anything from promoting it, but it's been delicious lately. Let's just say that. That's awesome. Um, okay. Journals. Yeah. We'll wrap up uh, the, the 33 books side, but uh, you know, journals come and go. Uh, but what, what do you think gives you staying power? I mean, this went from a hobby or something fun, even pre hobby to now your, you know, livelihood, you're making money and su helping support your family, whatever. Um, why does yours have staying power? 
probably I'm stubborn is the short answer. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, it's like I said, it's just me. So my costs are low. You know, it's like I don't have a whole lot of overhead. It's uh, the studio I'm in is in the small town where I live, which is just outside of Portland. And, you know, I keep it pretty tight and um, I try not to go outside the lines too much. Um, I do a lot of things myself. That's another thing that people are sort of surprised by is like those uh, cocktail print that you referenced earlier. Like I print those here myself using, you know, old hundred year old equipment and- An Old printing yeah. press. Yeah, totally. I got three of them I'm looking at right now. Um, and then I also at the opposite end of the te technological spectrum, I just got a brand new laser um, <laughs> for a laser cutting. I do some of my packaging uh, that way. Um, I just think it's funny to like, look at this like 3000 pounds of cast iron over here and this like sleek little like, you know, metal box over here. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's it, I guess. Um, uh, that's stubborn, cool. stubborn, keep cost low. That's, that's all it really takes, I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah. If your overhead's low and all that, that probably helps you not have to make as many difficult decisions regardless of what's happening in the world. Oh, and um, I have a giant trust fund also. Oh yeah. I inherited, <laughs> yeah, you inherited yeah, a bunch of money from your mom. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, I love it. Uh, well, where do you go from here? What's uh, you, you kind of alluded to a few things coming around the corner, but just in general, um, where, where do we go from here with 33 books and the little mini printing and, and specialty consumption item empire that you're building? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I have a, a list of things that I want to cover at some point. There's always more ideas than I've had time to, to work on. Um, I would genuinely like to do a ramen book because I think it'd be fun to go to Japan and um, go drink Japanese whiskey and uh, go to tiny towns and eat pork broth. Um, I, I, I would like to do a little more food stuff too. I think a, a taco journal would be pretty sweet. I, I spent some time in Mexico before COVID and um, really had a great time in Mexico city, just eating tacos all over the place. And I think that would be a fun book. I think it could be a really useful book. Um, uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, those are some, some of the things I'm interested in. I'm working on also, um, two, two books actively I'm working on right now are, um, ones for people that do distilling at home, like making their own spirits, like gin and vodka. And I don't know why you'd make your own vodka, but I guess people probably do. Uh, to start somewhere. <laughs> yeah. that's what i mean you could start with vodka and then yeah exactly <laughs> but um and it oh it's a little bit tricky too because it's illegal everywhere basically except for new zealand um but uh winemaking is another one i'm dabbling in a little bit right now is making a little book for people that uh, make wine at home from, from well, grapes I, or from juice or what have you i use your cider one yeah i think it's gonna be really similar to that one i yeah. i i, I I'm on my second batch of wine this year. Um, and it's conceptually it's, it's fruit wine, right? Like that's, yeah. that's what, it, that's what cider is. And that's what a uh, great, great wine is too. So it's a lot of the same processes and um, chemicals and measurements and everything else. I love it. I love it. Well, do you mind if I ask you just a couple of fun questions that have nothing yeah, to do, do with it. the 33 books? Good. Um, when scrolling through your cable TV lineup or whatever, which movie do you always stop and watch a little of, no matter what uh, part uh, the movie's at? What's a favorite um, you'll always pause and start and watch for a few minutes? Every year, I'm trying to, there's two of those. One is uh, the series Breaking Bad, um, which I ritually watch every Christmas and have for the last, um, I don't know, five or six years. I started right, right around October 1st and I watched and I finished the entire season right around the time I'm sealing my last envelope in December. Um, 
because this time of year is just crazy putting stuff in envelopes. And the other one, more like uh, what you're talking about, is The Natural, the Robert Redford oh, baseball love it. movie. <laughs> yeah. Love that. I, I just love that movie. I, my silkscreen squeegees, um, I have written on them Wonder Boy and um, what's the other <laughs> one? Uh, oh, now it's killing me. Wonder Boy and anyway, it's, it's written the, over there somewhere. When the kid uh, at the, he makes his own, is that what you mean? Yeah. At the end, yeah. yeah. Wonder, isn't Wonder Boy Pick the me one? out of winter, Bobby. Yeah, pick me out of winter, Bobby. Oh, man, that music gets me every time. Yeah. And then when the, the, yeah, the ball hits the lights and blows up, like there's no way yeah. that that's yeah. a thing, but it just, it hit, you know, I love it too. That's a good it's one. Magic. Yeah. What's the last book you read, Dave? Ooh, uh, I'm not good at that game, but the one I'm reading right now is Papillon, which I read once when I was in high school, like a million years ago. It's about, mm. um, it was made into a movie, not Robert Redford. It's Steve McQueen. Um, Papillon. And Papillon. And he's a oh. French prisoner. Um, I think it's Steve McQueen. Um, I think you're right. And, and he, he uh, yeah, try, es- escapes from French uh, Guiana prison a bunch of times. Um, P-A-P-I-O-L-O-N. Yeah. Yep. It means butterfly because he has a butterfly yeah. tattoo in the that's movie. That's right. But um, anyway, yeah. Oh, that's it's, cool. It's not as good as I remember it, but the movie I remember being good. So I'm gonna I'm gonna watch that after I finish the book again. Yeah, I love that. That's good. Do you have a favorite quote or or phrase or words to live by that have inspired you over the years? Invincible summer. Um, oh wow, on the tattoo. It's, uh, nice. It's not, not to take this down a French tangent, but um a Camus quote um, in the depths of winter that I realized within me there lay an invincible summer um, I just I just kind of try and have that attitude I'm not always like that but I, I do try and be resilient and resourceful and um, all those things oh that's actually philosophy. really powerful yeah that's good yeah. what's one skill you do not currently have that you wish you possessed I wish I knew something about electronics. I think it'd be cool to make a little robot that would do stuff around here. <laughs> Your first hire would be a robot. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that, but it, I don't know. I just wish it'd be cool to make a little something or other every once in a while. Well, you're so creative. I can't believe you couldn't figure that out. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> well, David, Dave, this has been great. I want to let you get back to it because you got journals yeah. to print and send me soon. Uh, especially the <laughs> Aquavit. I can't wait to, to pick up some of those. Um, and uh, for all those that are listening, um, you know, the great stocking stuffers, Christmas gifts, there's all kinds of stuff. 33books.com. Is that right, Dave? You got it. That'll 33 be- books. And if you're uh, a wholesaler, or you have a store that you want to sell some of his supplies. He's got a very great wholesale program, very easy to order from catalog. Um, and, uh, it's just a fantastic product and, uh, you know, born in the Northwest, upper left USA, as they say, uh, grateful, eco, eco conscious, all that kind of stuff. And just a lot of fun, grab a cheese book, grab, you know, the whiskey book, wine, beer, any of them, and take them out to your next, uh, hangout with uh, your buddies or whatever. And, uh, and start comparing notes. It's a lot of fun. Like I say, it's always, it's, a. Uh... It's a $5 excuse to try a lot of whiskey or try a lot of wine. (laughs) There you go. That's (laughs) awesome. Well, Dave, thanks for hanging out with me and uh, look forward to chatting with you again. Nice chat with you, Irish Mike. Take care. (laughs) Sláinte. All right. Bye.
Well, that wraps up another edition of Irish Mike's Podcast. I'm really glad that you hung out with us today and Dave Selden of 33 Books. If you want to find out the show notes, go to irishmikesmith.com forward slash podcast dash 33 books to get more information and a link to buy some of these pocket journals. We'd love for you to give us a rating on Apple, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Coming soon, you'll be able to also listen to us on Amazon. As always, thank you so much for listening.